Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, I just want to say, uh, you know, there's some good news. All right. Get ready. Trump expected to announce run for U.S. presidency. He's back, baby. I will very, very, very probably do it again. Former U.S. president tells supporters in Iowa ahead of the midterm elections. Finally, some good news. Why is he not back on the platform? That's the real question. The real question is, why is Donald Trump not back on the platform? In order to make our country successful and safe and glorious, I will very, very, very probably do it again. Okay? Very, very, very probably. If the red wave doesn't happen, does that make him weary? Yes, but also it doesn't matter because the red wave is going to happen. So, I mean, look, nothing is 100% certain. If, if, if you know anything about American politics, you know that like making broad statements like this is definitely going to happen, uh, it might not happen, you know? You'll, you'll find yourself wrong in a lot of instances. But currently it is kind of looking like, uh, you know, Republicans uh, at first with the abortion stuff were looking to underperform with the original... Uh, what the original uh, performance was that they were going to sweep both in the House and the Senate. Now, with the wave of candidates taking gigantic L's in the Senate seats, it looks like they're the Democrats, for a brief moment, looked like they were going to outperform the polls and, and maybe potentially win in the Senate and main, maintain their majority in the Senate. Uh, but they might lose both. Now, Donald Trump has dropped one of his strongest hints yet that he may run for the White House again. Speaking in a rally in Iowa, Mr. Trump said he would very, very, very probably do it again in 2024. With just five days to go to the U.S. midterm elections, Mr. Trump held a rally on Thursday night. Our North America correspondent, David Willis, was watching. His name, of course, is not on the ballot, but he has endorsed a number of Republican candidates for House, Senate and gubernatorial races, the majority of whom support his contention that the 2020 presidential election was stolen from him and the result of widespread fraud. Now, on Wednesday night, President Biden sought to debunk those sort of claims. He said that democracy itself was on the ballot in next week's midterm elections. And he said that conspiracy theories had already resulted in what he called targeted violence. That's thought to be a reference to the attack on the home of the House Speaker Nancy Pelosi in San Francisco last week. So will Donald Trump's name be on the ballot two years from now? Last night, he gave perhaps the clearest hint so far that it might be. The election was rigged and stolen, and now our country is being destroyed. I ran twice. I won twice and did much better the second time than I did the first, getting millions more votes in 2020 than I got in 2016. And likewise, getting more votes than any sitting president in the history of our country by far. There was a guy that got more votes than you. You know, the guy who won? I will very, very, very probably do it again, okay? Very, very, very probably. David Willis in Washington. Well, the rise of a new Christian right in the United States is having an impact on the campaign trail. A growing number of pastors and politicians are urging voters in the midterm elections to take back the country for God, challenging the commitment to the separation of church and state. Barbara Pletusher reports. In this divided nation, the Christian right has found a new voice. This country belongs to God Almighty. This isn't a church service. Hundreds of people are being baptized after a rally in Pennsylvania, some overwhelmed by their experience of God. 
Dude, I'm fucking, we're so fucked. I'm sorry. We are so fucked, bro. These guys are going to go vote too. It's just like people who are hallucinating en masse. That's crazy, brother. That's crazy, crazy, crazy shit. Holy fuck. Turned out because they believe their Christian values are under attack and that God belongs in government. You cannot separate God from politics. You can't take him out of our government. These events tap into people's anger about COVID lockdowns and Donald Trump's election loss. Eric Trump! The man himself dialed in while his son was on stage. We love you all and we're going to bring this country back because our country's never been in such bad shape. They're reframing American conservative politics as spiritual warfare against a radical left. Chris and Bobby Foley have traveled here from North Carolina. They took away the Bible, they took it's away the Jesus and everything. So now we're being run by devils. We're being run by Satan because it's a spiritual war. Some call this rise of the religious right Christian nationalism, the belief that America was founded as a Christian nation and should remain one. It's taken on a new intensity in this fractured political world, breaking cover during the storming of the Capitol, where Christian symbols and prayers were on display. Bro, this is Ghostbuster shit, dude. Greg Locke was one of many pastors at the Capitol that day. He has millions of followers online and preaches to hundreds every week. You ain't seen the insurrection yet. He's managed to weave his political views into an apocalyptic worldview laced with conspiracy theories. You God-hating communist America, you'll find out what an insurrection is because we ain't playing your garbage. You're calling fellow Americans evil and putting it in the context of an apocalyptic battle between good and evil. There is an apocalyptic battle between good and evil. And so that is the kind of language that could be used to incite violence against such people. That's not my responsibility. I have responsibility You don't see to that as a responsibility no. to stay away from possibly inciting violence? No, I'm not inciting violence. Mm. I'm preaching the Bible. He's like, which happens to be violent. Pastor Kevin Riggs is a community activist. He believes scripture teaches that God cares most about social justice. My concern with the religious right has, has been that they are damaging the reputation of the church. I've had friends who were pastors of churches and because they spoke out against the religious right or against President Trump, uh, then they're asked to leave their church. Take control of our nation. Next week's election will be the first test of this vocal minority at the polls. If the Republicans win big, it could become a powerful force pushing the party further to the right. I'm going to be honest. I low-key feel like Americans are too self-involved to like ever actually collectively get together and decide to organize along fascist lines. Like I just, I, I think about this a lot. I'm like, why hasn't there been like more fascist mobilizing since Unite the since Unite the Right? And I think like you can get people on evangelical boundaries and whatnot, but ultimately you can't get them to like be motivated by a higher purpose that revolves around like literal fucking uh, fascist principles. Like it has to be McDonald's for them. It has to be packaged in a way where they can still go and get $5 jalapeno poppers at Applebee's. Because having like a principled political uh, stance and organizing along those boundaries require dedication, thought, and, and a sense of purpose beyond yourself. And I think Americans are so hyper obsessed with themselves, like individually and their own individual comforts, that I don't even see fucking evangelicals moving beyond those boundaries. It requires sacrifice. And this goes for every or, uh, every kind of organizing, whether it be leftist movements or whether it be fascist movements. It's just like it requires 
you to put in more to the system than you take out with the underlying sense of duty that like you're doing something that's better for the world. And yeah, there are certainly zealots out there who maybe ride or die for some of this shit, but I just don't think that there are uh, enough of them to, to like actually do the reading necessary to understand it. They're just basically operating off of like immediate feedback. They're like, I can't go and eat. Uh, I can't go and, uh, you know, hang out with the boys at Applebee's after a long, uh, hard uh, work week. Fuck that. Who's responsible? We got to go find that guy. I can't get a haircut. Who's responsible? I'll go find that guy and make him pay. That's where the organizing starts. And the Republican Party will try and use that anger to their benefit to, to drive people to the fucking polls and shit. But that's usually where the organizing ends. There is no underlying galvanizing ideology that, that bolsters these people beyond uh, social conditioning into white supremacy, which is just like something that everyone is uh, born into basically in this country. And that's pretty much it. The white replacement theory can do it. I don't know, man. Maybe. Fascists try really hard, but I, I don't see their shit popping off like that. I mean, this is the most mobilization you're going to see. It's like Turning Point USA. You know what I mean? A lot of that is just a grift. No, I'm not trying to play the victim. I knew that when I became a Christian that I was going to be targeted and hated. I'm on like religion TikTok, so I do see these things sometimes. And I just want to make this. Hey, friend of the show. Quick comment. I have like a, lo a longer set of thoughts, but they don't really. Friend of the show, Jamel uh, Bowie. In 60 seconds, I'll leave it at this. White evangelical Christians specifically, but American Christians generally, uh, are citizens in one of the largest, wealthiest, most dominant imperial powers to ever exist, period. That's what the United States is. And yet, there is so little introspection about that fact, given that they are adherents of a religion that began amongst the victims of imperial power that began amongst those who suffered under the yoke of imperial power. Not only is there no introspection, but there's a deep persecution complex. And I find it very strange. Too intellectual, Jamal. White evangelical Protestant Christians have an outsized control over the Republican Party as they are, since the time of Paul Weirich, designated as like the most active voter base for the Republican Party. Since they started mobilizing them along uh, school desegregation, or school segregation, rather, uh, and then moved quickly into uh, <clears throat> abortion is murder as another reason uh, um, to, to mobilize them. Since then, the Republican Party's basically recited, like, whatever you believe in, we will fucking ride for you. And while they make up a, what, like 30% uh, base of voters, they make up 100% of the Republican Party's uh, political perspectives. There is no other religious group in this country that has this level of prominence. No other group. And yet they still run around with their persecution complex and act like they are victims.